Um, but thanks for joining us. Um, we hope that you um, uh, find this opportunity uh, to worship God with us, and uh, we are very excited to come back into the building next week. So uh, definitely plan on joining us next Sunday, June 7th. I will be right here uh, opening in the doors for everybody to come. If you don't feel comfortable coming next Sunday, we totally understand. Uh, we don't want anyone to do that, do anything that they're not comfortable with, um, but we are going to open the doors and allow you to come and, and worship uh, with everyone starting next Sunday. So, um, But this morning, we're going to do our normal thing, uh, sing a couple songs, have a message, and then sing a couple more songs. Um, and, uh, and let's go ahead and do that now. Let's worship God. your rule and reign in our hearts again increase in us we pray unveil why we're made come set our hearts ablaze with hope like wildfire in our very soul Seek your kingdom first, we hunger and we thirst, refuse to waste our lives, for you're our joy and prize. To see the captive hearts released, the hurt, the sick, the
worship our King. Come, let us bow at His feet. He has done great things. See what our Savior has done. See how His love overcomes. He has done great things. He has done
we thank you so much that you are um, the, the God that, that gets things done, that, that does the things that need to be done. And you have always been that God. You've always been that way in the past. We read your word and we see that you, when you need to move, you move. And we know that you are the same today as well. And you are doing great things among us. We thank you, Lord, um, for this morning. And uh, we turn our attention to your word now um, and what you have to say to us. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Well, good morning out there. We're so glad that you have joined us this morning. As the band leaves the stage, we'll just have uh, a few minutes here. I, I want to tell you guys, I'm, I'm kind of nervous. Uh, it's been the first time that I've spoken in front of a live audience, even though it's mostly live on Facebook in a while. And so uh, my nerves are higher than they normally are, but I, I'm excited more than anything. Uh, we are in our final week, week five of our series, Take Up Your Cross, and today we look at being the brothers and sisters of Christ. Now, there's a statement that goes like this, there's strength in numbers, and I'm not sure who first said it or why they said it, but I want to say that I firmly believe that they are correct in making that statement. As Christians, community is vital and I do mean vital. It's incredibly important to our success when it comes to taking up our cross. Our journey isn't supposed to be one that's an individual pursuit. And when we make it one, we put undue pressure on ourselves, which oftentimes leads us to abandon our cross and Christ. Now, we're going to be in Matthew chapter 12 today. It's going to be verses 46 through 50. That'll kind of be our home passage, so to speak, what we're basing the message out of. And this is what it says. It says, while he was still speaking to the people, this is talking about Jesus, behold, his mother and his brother stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied to the man who told him, who is my mother and who are my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward the disciples, he said, here are my mother and brothers for whoever does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Now, this is one of those passages that kind of makes you do a double take because when you first hear it, you sort of think that Jesus is dropping some kind of sick burn on his own family, right? That maybe Jesus isn't being uh, necessarily the nicest. His mother and brother show up seeking an audience with him in the middle of his teaching. And how does he respond? Well, whoever does the will of my father, that's who my mother and brothers are, right? And so I, I want to... Uh, just kind of look at this instance because Jesus uses this moment in his life as a teachable moment, as an opportunity to uh, teach us a few things. And we're going to get into those. But before we do that, I kind of want to offer a defense of Jesus in this moment. Now, I know that Jesus doesn't need me to do that. Uh, he, he never said, Paul, defend me in uh, this time in my life, this passage that's recorded. But, but I want to do it because this is one of those instances that so many people use to paint Jesus in a less than honorable light. And I don't want us to allow that to happen. Now, the first thing I want to say is this. We don't know the, the intentions of Jesus's family. Here's a couple things that we do know about this time in Jesus's life. First and foremost, um, he was well into his ministry. He's already performed a number of miracles. He's been teaching for quite some time. He's, he's gained notoriety and a following and people are, are eating up his ministry right now, so to speak. They can't get enough of it. They're, they're, they're following him around everywhere he goes. And um, his family, it's quite possible, to be honest, that they wanted to cash in on this notoriety and, and on his fame, so to speak, and, and on his following. Um, 
we're not 100% sure on that, but, but we do know this. And we know this because John tells us so in John chapter 7, verse 5. He goes on to say, for not even his brothers believed in him. So here are Jesus' brothers, and not even they believe that he is the Messiah. Not even they believe that he's the Son of God. Not even they are believing in his ministry and what he has to say. And we go on, we see in Mark chapter 3, verses 20 through 21, it's another uh, account of our home passage, right, of what we just read in Matthew 12. This is what Mark has to say about the situation. It says, then he went home, and again, it's talking about Jesus and his disciples, and the crowd gathered again so that they couldn't even eat. See, Jesus and his disciples had been, they spent a long day ministering, and they wanted to seclude themselves and go away and have a meal together and just relax and rest a little bit, but the crowd found out where he was. And so, man, like I said, they wanted to be around Jesus. They wanted to hear from Jesus. They, they just wanted to be in his presence. And so the crowd gathers. And this is what Jesus is dealing with when his mother and his brothers come to talk to him. And this is what Mark tells us. It says in 21, and when his family heard it, they went out to seize him for they were saying he is out of his mind. He is out of his mind. So his brothers had a hard time feeling or, or believing that Mary kind of felt the same way. I kind of think she just went with her sons, but I could be wrong here. She kind of just went with her sons to, to be with her sons. And, and this is what we know. His brothers didn't believe in him. His brothers didn't believe in him, and they thought he was out of his mind. And so here they are trying to seize control of Jesus, trying to tell Jesus what's best for him, what's right for him. And Jesus isn't going to have any of that. He doesn't, he's not going to have any of that. It, it, so it wasn't as if his family was this supportive group who believed in Jesus and who he was and in his teachings. And in Jesus' mind, they had no right to interrupt him while he was teaching the crowd. And so that's my defense of Jesus. That's what I wanted to share with you this morning about that instant. Uh, but beyond that, we're going to get into the lessons now that we can learn from this passage. And the first one is explicitly stated. It's right there in front of us. We can't miss it. And this is what it says. If you want to follow Jesus correctly, then you must do the will of the Father. That's our first lesson. If you want to follow Jesus correctly, which is what this series has been all about, then you have to follow the will of the Father. You see, it's not just about having a relationship with Jesus. Too often we as Christians simplify our faith down into that kind of statement. Well, I have a relationship with Jesus, so I'm good. Well, you know who else had a relationship with Jesus? His mother and his brothers. And yet Jesus in this instance points out his disciples, reaches out his hand to his disciples and says, here are my mother and brothers and sisters. Why? Because they are following the will of the Father. They are following the will of the Father. You see, it's not just enough for us to know who Jesus is. We have to follow the will of his Father just like he did. And, and when we do that, when we, when we follow the will of the Father, when we buy into, so to speak, Jesus' instruction here, what happens is that we are counted as his brother and sisters. Why is that important? Because that means that we share in the same inheritance that Jesus himself has. And that inheritance is this. It's the conquering of death. It's heaven. It's good standing with God the Father. It's eternity. 
in heaven with Jesus and with his Father. You see, Jesus makes it clear that obeying the will of the Father is the only way that we get there. It's our only hope. And and listen, this isn't a revelation. This isn't new information. This isn't something I'm telling you that you've probably never heard or maybe didn't quite understand. But when we meditate on this and we look at our actions and the way that we live our life, what it becomes is clarification. What it becomes is clarification for us. I have a relationship with Jesus. Almost everyone watching today could answer that question in the affirmative. Yes, I have a relationship with Jesus. Yes, I know who Jesus is. Yes, I seek to follow Jesus in the way that I live my life. But if we ask that second question, am I obeying the will of the Father? So often, if if we really look deep down inside of ourselves, we will see that the answer to that is maybe not. Maybe not. See, that's the more difficult part about being a Christian. Having a relationship with Jesus honestly isn't that tough. Jesus is a great guy. He gave his life for us. He loves us. There's so many things about Jesus that make it easy to want to be a follower of Jesus and to to love Jesus. But it's that giving up control to follow and obey the will of the Father that we struggle with. Because sometimes God's will for our lives doesn't align with our will for our lives. and, And it isn't something that we want to do. And Jesus is here saying you've got to have both of these parts. You have to answer yes to both of these questions. Yes, you have a relationship with me, but yes, also you follow the will of my Father. If we look at Matthew chapter 7, 21 through 23, this is before obviously our home passage. This is what Jesus has to say while he's teaching. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Again, not everybody who recognizes me, not everybody who calls my name, but the one who follows the will of my Father. Verse 22, on that day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and cast out demons in your name and do many mighty works in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. I never knew you. Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. We can... Be excellent followers of Jesus. I mean, these are, this is Jesus' own account. These are people who are saying, Jesus, I prophesied in your name. Jesus, I cast out demons in your name. Jesus, I lived my life for your name, to be, for, for the relationship that I have with you, out of the love that I have for you. I lived my life, and look at all these things I did by your powerful name. And yet here's Jesus saying, I'm going to tell them I didn't even know you, because why? You didn't follow the will of my Father. You didn't follow the will of my Father. So remember, when we do that, then that's when we become brothers and sisters of Christ. Again, it's not about recognizing Jesus or even having Jesus recognize you. But it's about following the will of the Father. We must do the will of the Father. Will of the Father. The second lesson we can learn from this passage, and it's not one that's explicitly stated, is this. You need to surround yourself with a strong supporting cast. You need to surround yourself with a strong supporting cast. You see, Jesus had disciples, 12 of them. And he lived his life uh, among a large number of others that he was closely connected with. Closely connected with. Jesus, Son of God. Jesus, healer of the blind, the deaf, and the lame. Jesus, walker on water. Jesus found it necessary to surround himself 
with a supporting cast. Jesus found it necessary to live life in a community of believers. And if this is one of those things, if, if Jesus considered it that important, then guess what? It's that important for us too. Not, not, he didn't live life from afar. It wasn't just through correspondence. This isn't texts and tweets and likes and those types of things. It wasn't like Jesus was communicating through some other means. They were together shoulder to shoulder, shoulder to shoulder. They sweated together, they worked together, they ate together, they found rest under the same ruse. They lived life together. Life with Christ is not meant to be one lived in isolation. I said that earlier, I'm going to say it again. Life with Christ is not one that is meant to be lived in isolation. Christ and God built a community for believers. On Peter, his rock, he built his church so that his followers so that those who loved him and that those that would follow the will of the Father would have a community to live life together. You know, so many out there today that maybe are watching this or will see a snippet of this or, or people that you know, which is probably more accurate. It's going to be people you know and people you love and, and people you respect and people that you want to be with you in heaven one day and to follow the will of the Father and, and to have this type of relationship that we're talking about. So many people today hold to the mantra that they can be a Christian and not go to church. I think every one of us out there have heard somebody say, you don't have to go to church to be a Christian. And frankly, in the past, I would give this concession to you while encouraging you to change your thought, to change the way that you thought about that. Well, I'm here to tell you today that I can no longer in good conscience give you that concession because I don't believe it to be true, not even a little bit, not even a little bit. And if this pandemic has taught us anything, it's taught us how fragile life can be and how little time many of us may have here. And so I think that it's really important that we get it right. And in order for us to get it right, I want you to know that you need to be in a community of believers. It was important to Jesus. They built the church so that we would have that very thing. We must live life together. We must live life together. And listen, you can come to church and still live life as an individual. You can come to church and, and, and still focus solely on self, but that's not what this is all supposed to be about. To follow in the footsteps of Jesus, to be in the will of the Father, I, I firmly believe that we have to live inside of the community that they both built for us. So I challenge you today, out there as Christians, to, to find other Christians to live life with, to share meals with, to study the Word together with, to pray with, to have fun with, to live with, to, to share your day-to-day -day with, because that is what's going to help us take up our cross. That's what's going to give us the strength to continue our journey. And so we need to, to do that. I think that you need to get involved with your church, whether it's this church or another church, with its comings and with its goings. I, I think you need to, to have an intimate knowledge of what your church is doing and, and how people in your church are living. And not from a nosy standpoint of, I want to know all your secrets, but from a place of love where we can say, 
I just care about these people and I want to live my life with them and I want to be an encouragement to them and I want them to be an encouragement to me. We need to follow the will of the Father at every single turn in order to claim our standing as a brother and a sister of Christ. I'm going to leave you with a passage from Acts chapter 2, verses 42 through 47. It says, They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread and the prayers. And all came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were being done through the apostles. And all who believed were together and had all things in common. And they were selling their possessions and belongings and distributing the proceeds to all as any had need. And day by day, attending the temple together and breaking bread in their homes, they received their food with glad and generous hearts, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to their number day by day, those who are being saved. If you want to experience the epitome of Christianity, if you want to experience the richness of God's love, the deepest blessing that, that, that can possibly be given to you, I think that that happens within a Christ community, that that happens among fellow believers that you choose to live life with and that you choose to share love with. Our world is hurting right now. Our country is hurting right now for a number of reasons. From the pandemic to needless murders, people are in pain, people are suffering, and people need hope. And it's just as hard for us to live life, if we choose to do it as individuals, as it is for any person to do it if they choose to live life as an individual. When we're separate and not united, life is tougher. And so as the church, I, I think that it's so important for us to, to hold tight to our community and the people that we love so that we can be the light in the darkness that's around us. And when I think about that, I, I, I think about a scoreboard. I know this is weird, and I, good grief, we're taking a turn. But you see, most scoreboards these days are made up of these tiny little LED lights. And one of those lights, it's pretty bright, and it can shine bright. But on its own, it, it, it's a pinprick. It, it's not going to change anything. But when you put that tiny light together with all the other lights, they can broadcast an image more beautiful and profound than we could ever possibly imagine. Pictures so clear that we can almost feel like we're there. Well, you see, I think the church is supposed to be a lot like that scoreboard. Each one of us is an individual light. And we can conquer a whole lot more darkness if we're doing it together. And we can paint a more beautiful and profound picture if we're standing side by side and if we're living our lives in the community again that Jesus and God built for us that they intended us to have. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I thank you for who you are and, and what you mean to us as a Savior. Lord, 
we thank you for your direction pointing us back to the Father, showing us the importance of, of living inside of his will. Because it's not just about having a relationship with you, and it's not just about knowing you. Yes, that's important, but it's not isolated. We, we have to follow the will of the Father just like you followed the will of the Father in everything that you did, in the way that you lived your life, in the things that you taught, in the way that you loved people. Your whole life can, can be seen as devotion to your Father, as saying yes when He called. And as Christians, as your followers, as people who love you, we need to desire that exact same thing. We need to hunger and thirst to be obedient to the Father's will. And that may take us places we don't want to go, and that may make us confront things that we'd rather not, and that may take us out of our comfort zone and make us leave the place where we feel like we need to be. But at the end of the day, if it guarantees that we get to share in the inheritance of Jesus, then God, that's what we should all want. And so I pray, I pray that you lay that desire on our hearts to be obedient to your will. Lord, we love you. We thank you for sending your son to die on a cross for us, to forgive us of our sins so that that inheritance we talked about can even be a possibility. Help us to be a light in the darkness. We ask for all these wonderful things in Jesus' powerful name. Amen. Worship with us.
song to end our series on uh, this week. We are starting a new series. Uh, next week, we, um, the last five weeks, we've been talking about following Jesus, and uh, we are finishing that up next week. So um, I'm very excited about the next series, although I'm a little biased, but it's about all about worship and the songs that we sing uh, as a part of the church. And so uh, you're not going to want to miss that. Uh, definitely come in the building. What a great time to start a series about worship when we finally get back into the building and, and worship with one another. So uh, if you can make it, we'll see you uh, next Sunday here uh, in the um, 
uh, in the, here at Crosspoint Fellowship. If you can't make it, we're still going to be online. Uh, we're going to continue doing what we did this morning uh, next week, so you can still catch us at home if you feel like you need to do that. So, um, again, thanks for, for being here with us. Uh, remember, we need each other, and um, church is all about being together and, and encouraging one another. So uh, let's do that this week, and uh, we'll see you next Sunday.